but I've been walking around with the idea of about six months, I think midway in my travels that started happening, of teaching naked yoga. Definitely innovative, but quite controversial and very opposite from like a corporate career. <laughs> and I've been playing with this idea of teaching naked yoga and feeling the call to that, but not understanding it whatsoever and not knowing what to do with it. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, I must be going crazy. Like now I want to start teaching naked yoga. How am I going to like tell that to my parents or yeah, to my dad or to my friends? Like, Welcome to the Feminine Way podcast. My name is Dika and I'm a Tantra teacher. I'm on a mission to make Tantra and Tantric wisdom modern and down to earth. And I support and work with feminine leaders and entrepreneurs to use this wisdom in their daily lives, relationships, and businesses to activate more love, intimacy, and pleasure. In this episode, I share my story of how I went from aspiring to become a tough-ass business career lady, climbing that corporate career ladder, to teaching naked yoga, moving to Bali, meeting my soulmate and getting married, and becoming a Tantra teacher. It was quite the right, I would say, and so I shared the three big shifts that happened in my life which made this change possible. So I would say grab yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. So yes, in this episode, I'm going to be sharing my story and go into how my life basically completely changed. When you look at my life five years ago and compare it to where I'm at right now, it's in many ways very, very opposite. And I'm going to be taking you onto that journey through my story. You might find out some new things about me you didn't know yet before. And also we'll give some uh, pointers and things where I might... I believe you maybe get some inspiration that will help you onto your journey as well. Because what I see in my work, when I work with women, um, many of the same steps we take together to, um, yeah, to help them support them on their journey and transform different aspects in their life. So let's go back about five years ago. So at that point, I graduated. I have a master's in innovation management, also a bachelor's in innovation management. I studied that for about six years. I loved it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And I still actually use many of those aspects in my uh, work these days, because even though my work as Tantra teacher, so basically I went from business consultant, innovation management, I was planning to be this tough ass corporate career lady that's going to climb the corporate career, um, get all these promotions and make a shit ton of money. Um, and then at some point, maybe start my own business. That's kind of like the trajectory that I, I was planning and I was working really hard for and did everything in my power to have a super strong resume um, to be hired by the top notch uh, business consultants to being living in Bali, um, being a Tantra teacher now, uh, officially trained and certified and married. So, Wow. That is quite the, the, the shift. And um, it wasn't an easy journey always. It comes with a lot of ups and downs. And I was definitely also not expecting that. If you would have told my five-year-old, like five years ago, older version of me that uh, this is what's going to be my future, I would have been like, uh, excuse me, what? I by that time, never had heard about Tantra at all. Um, not aware of many of the things that I teach and work with these days or the way that I live. Um, it was completely, yeah, not in my awareness field. So then the question is like, what happened? And actually the transition and the change already started a little bit before, before that, of course. Um, so to zoom back even more, I personally had a really nice upbringing. Uh, I have two younger sisters. My parents were for most of my uh, teenage years and my upbringing and younger years together. And yeah, I really have beautiful memories of my upbringing and just really appreciating and still to this day, really close to my family, to my sisters, to my mom and dad. Of course, we're family. We're going through things. We've experienced things together. So it's not always easy, but like um, it is, yeah, a very, very special connection that I have here. And so about when I was 17 years old, I graduated from high school. And at that point, I decided to not straight away go into university, but I went actually to a university in 
the States, in New York specifically, because I used to play from very young on onwards uh, field hockey. And so I ended up getting a field hockey scholarship to a university in New York. And that's when... Um, yeah, I went on this massive adventure, which already set in one way the foundation um, for some of the steps that I dare to take later on in my life, because that was a big one. Also, what you what um, most of you don't know or didn't know, but in my teenage years, specifically like from like 10 to 15 or something, I had big, big challenges with how do you call this homesickness in the sense of. I would not be able to go sleep at a friend's place or like, yeah, have a sleepover with friends um, or be a night away from my parents. Till this point, I still don't really know fully where that came from, but there was this deep, deep fear that I had. And so <clears throat> I worked on that, of course, during my, my teenage years, but that step of me going to the States and having my own experience, like moving to a different continent, different culture, that was that was a big step. Like by that time, yes, I was able to go on little holidays with friends and I'd done many of the things and I've overcome most of it, but still that was like this anchor point of like, okay, I'm really releasing this kind of fearful state or this fear that I had when I was, when I was younger. And, um, yeah, that experience in America wasn't an easy one whatsoever. It was very, very challenging. I remember the first, specifically the first few weeks because yeah, we were in this kind of pre preseason training camp which means like practicing field hockey about six hours a day I was not used to training that much that intensely um then there was like I was yeah in a new environment I didn't know any of the girls my English was terrible like also something you might not know about me and when you hear me now or see me now is that actually English was my worst subject in high school all the other subjects, I, I got really, really good grades, but English was just like, did not get it whatsoever. Um, and I had even like a tutor and extra classes to try to, yeah, get some sort of a decent grade so I could pass and continue on, which I, I, it happened. But then, yeah, that transition to the States in the beginning, it was so challenging. Also, people talk with an accent, with slang, like it's a bunch of 20 like girls together in a field hockey team. They just chat, 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 chat. So yeah, those, those first few weeks were specifically really challenging. Um, but yeah, uh, it definitely created a beautiful foundation. If you hear me speak English now, that yeah, what I created there and having that experience being fully immersed and basically not having a choice definitely improved my English um, massively. And then after my, afterwards, my bachelor's and master's also were in English and I traveled a lot. So um, that's why a lot of people always ask, like, why is your English so, so good? Or like, why does it sound American? So it comes from that. So, yeah, me taking to daring to take that step already set this massive foundation of like, yeah, daring to go outside of the box of what most people do. Um, also, yeah, daring to go to a different country, having different experience. Eventually I came back from that and I started with my bachelor's in the Netherlands. I always knew I wanted to study in the Netherlands because the, the education system, I know very well and I understand. So I know what kind of quality I get in the States. I didn't, didn't fully grasp that. And it, it felt like, um, yeah, I really felt solid to, to do that in the Netherlands. It took me a while also to get to actually innovation management. I had no clue at the time what I wanted to study. I think when I was younger, at some point I wanted to be a lawyer. Then I wanted to be in film, making films or producing films. So actually I had a major or was majoring in film in the States, in that university. Um, and eventually, yeah, coming back to the Netherlands, I think it was actually my mom that found this specific um, study, this specific topic of innovation management and was like, I think we should go to that. And I was like, no, I don't want to. That sounds stupid. And of course, um, it wasn't. And eventually we went to like an information day and I was like, yeah, that sounds actually like me and very interesting. So that's what I what I went with. At the same time, uh, two big things were playing out here at the same time in my life. I was around 18, 19 years old. So I started my studies. I um, got my first real like boyfriend partner. And at the same time, my family went through a massive challenge because my mom fell into a very heavy depression and psychosis and had to be hospitalized for a while. And yeah, there was it was very, very, very challenging for a while. It felt like I lost my mom at the same time. 
my nanny, like we, while bringing up, we had basically a second mom. Um, so me and my sisters from like, since I was a baby until well, I left for the States, um, even though we didn't really need a nanny anymore when we were like, what, 15, 16 years old, but she was still there to like cook sometimes for us. And a few days a week when my mom was working, she would be there. And my second mom during that same time, um, she passed away from cancer and yeah, my family started breaking apart. Like my parents' marriage, like it was, it was very challenging in the end, actually my mom, um, what happened, why she ended up in a big depression because she got really, really confused, um, because she fell in love with a woman during a specific trip, um, like, um, like a retreat that she had at some point. And yeah, so a few years followed where like a lot was going on and it wasn't, wasn't easy whatsoever. Um, however, what I did was just solely focus on my studies. So some people when, yeah, things go crazy, I don't know, they go party or they go into bad behavior. I went fully into a little bit of a default I already have, but taking that to the extreme, which was that archetype of the good girl like so I became the absolute nerd like fixated on getting the best grades ever like doing my tasks showing up for my studies doing all the extracurricular activities to get a really massively like powerful resume um, so I kept myself really really distracted and fully dove into that I I don't specifically regret it but I definitely went into basically full masculine mode like connecting to my feminine side like to my body to my emotions like none of that was there also after I came back from the states I actually stopped playing field hockey it was like this quitting at the top of success I have a podcast about that as well and really felt like that so but then I had a few years where I wasn't really playing sports or not really understanding what I wanted to do with my body so yeah and then all these massive, massive changes happening, uh, my parents divorce eventually. So yeah, that was definitely a, a very tough phase of my life. But as I said, like I went fully into masculine, I want to be this strong, independent woman. Yes, I was in a relationship, um, but we went also quite fast. Like I moved in with him quite fast, but also, yeah, our dynamics were a little bit shifted in the sense of, um, I was way more in my masculine and I could say he, he was more in his feminine, which worked for a long time. We had a really beautiful relationship until, um, yeah, until I started realizing that like something is off and what started making that first initial change was, was yoga and specifically was, um, a 30 day hot yoga challenge that I did. So in, yeah, in these few years I was, I didn't really have any dedicated sports or some other way to connect to my body. Um, and a few things what you didn't know, like, yeah, I, I was showing like what was going on on the behind the scenes, basically. So my parents divorce and these struggles, but also, yeah, I started feeling more and more lost. Um, specifically my relationship, I've talked about this in different podcasts too, is that I was struggling to have orgasms, like faking orgasms, fully disconnected from my heart and from my body because, well, like so many things changed, like massive things. Um, as I mentioned, my second mom passing away, my, my, my mom also being basically hospitalized and not reachable for a while, then eventually my parents divorcing. So there were so many emotions and I wasn't taught how to handle or deal with emotions except for just keep on going, keep doing, um, yeah, be that strong, independent woman, get your good grades, set yourself up for success. So that's what I fully went into, but in no way did I actually do anything with those emotions. And so basically my body closed down, my heart started closing down too, um, because I didn't see any other way to deal. What we did do, which I'm super grateful for, was go to see a psychologist together with my two sisters. So me and my two sisters went into therapy together, which up until this day, yeah, I'm so grateful for because it definitely helped us to process bits and pieces of it and at the same time create this really magical bond between the three of us because we were basically healing and transforming and going through this shift together and actually staying connected as a family unit which was super special my mom also came once with I think the five of us also so definitely super grateful for that to come back to basically the first big shift um, and also with that the first like insight and hopefully inspiration for you and that was as I mentioned yoga so 
this was, I think, during the first few years of my master's. So I got my bachelor's. I came back to my hometown city. For those that are Dutch, I'm from Eindhoven, the Netherlands. Um, I'm Brabander here. <laughs> um, and I did this, my yoga um, teacher, the owner of that studio at that time proposed to me, he's like, hey, I think actually you would be a perfect fit to do a 30-day yoga challenge, like hot yoga challenge. At that time, I was practicing hot yoga. So that's like Bikram yoga in 40 degrees Celsius. It's pretty intense. It's like one of the most like masculine, strong yoga yoga types that is out there, like 90 minutes in 40 degrees Celsius. It's 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 powerful. <laughs> um, and well, I was very competitive and in my masculine. So like a 30 day hot yoga challenge, I'm like a challenge. Let's do that. That sounds amazing. So I went for that. And that was the first time like I practiced yoga here and there on and off. And I always liked it. I just never committed. So it never could really like actually get this change going. But because of that challenge, like I remember after those 30 days, I was feeling so strong in my body but in a very different way than I was used to like in field hockey I had always a lot of muscles and like I was strong and powerful but like in this almost getting buff and like in this masculine way this time I felt way more balanced coming out of these 30 days of yoga I had this feeling of like I am strong in my body but I'm at the same time also flexible like I felt like there was yeah, there was like this balance, this more grounded sense of power within my body. Plus, on top of that, at the same time, I was feeling way more clear in my mind. So mentally, it definitely helped me shift something. And I got this feeling of like, I'm back, like I'm connected back to myself, to, to feeling me, to actually feeling like what I want and also feeling this power of like, and I am allowed and I can actually step up for that. So yeah, this, this 30 days of, of hot yoga challenge definitely shifted so much. And after that, actually, yeah, many other changes started happening because I felt this, this clarity within where I started realizing, and now I finally dare to step up for that, where in my relationship, like the first three and a half years were amazing and then I started feeling like something is off something isn't clicking and I I kind of don't want to be here anymore or like I'm not getting it and I wasn't daring to step up or take that decision or share that because it would come with again a lot of emotions changed terrifying I love him like this doesn't make any sense so I didn't dare to trust my intuition whatsoever until I did this 30 day yoga challenge. And after that, I was like, I can feel myself again. I can feel my intuition. It's time that I listen. And so I dare to step up and eventually uh, broke off that relationship. And from there also, I moved to a different city, was living on my own again. Um, then also, yeah, I was finishing up my studies at that time, <clears throat> but yeah, started to just make some, like I, I ended up uh, setting up a business, actually, an innovation consultancy practice and business with a few other students, which was like opened up a whole new world full of new experiences, which was amazing and helped me like grow in so many different ways. Um, and also from there, I really strongly felt like, hey, once I finish my master's degree, I want to go travel first, no matter what happens, I'm going to go travel first. So also that was something that now suddenly was made a lot of sense because before in partnership, I'm like, well, but I don't know if I can do that. Like he, I want to go by myself. Like, how do I say that? But also like, I don't know how long. So it opened up this, yeah, this whole new path. And, um, this is also how my path slowly, slowly, slowly went more to from masculine to feminine basically um and before i i continue this journey one thing i want to point out here because basically what i did in this 30-day hot yoga challenge even though i wasn't aware that that's what i was working on was connecting to my body so for yeah all the years before like i was always learning with my mind like I was always studying, I was super good at remembering things, theory models, like, like you name it. It was, yeah, maths, um, chemistry, like I, I, yeah, it was, it was really easy and natural for me. And also like, that's something I've been really, really trained in, but I was never trained in anything that really came to like 
connecting to your body. Like, so this is all the mind is all the masculine. The feminine actually lives in the body. So one of the first steps I always recommend, and this is also the way I work, and this is why I guess Tantra like attracted me so much and like fits me so well, is when I started learning with my body, so actually doing things with my body, connecting to my body, that's when everything started changing. So that is basically at the very root, at the very foundation of the life that I'm living right now, and it's still the most important thing, is basically body-based living, not mind-based living. And so I decide and do things now like through my body, like I connect through my body, and that's where my intuition comes from. Um, So the way I teach also with women, it's like, yes, we'll, we'll chat. We'll like, of course we get to know each other's stories and, and like I explain certain concepts, but in the end, the main focus of all the work that I do, um, is for you to connect to your body and for you to, yeah, learn through a bodily lift experience. So this is what embodiment is all about. Um, and that sounds maybe more complicated than it needs to be. Actually, a lot of the things are super simple. However, it's just unfamiliar, but at the same time, it's, it is very natural because like your body, it's, it's the most natural thing. And so even if you're not used to this and it feels scary, it's mainly scary to the mind and it's mainly confusing to the mind. And yes, it can be unfamiliar, but at the same time, as I said, like this is your nature. So as soon as you start doing these practices or exercises that we do together, it, it feels like coming home. Like it will feel, and this is also, I have the feminine reset, which is an online course, which I call the journey home because it's basically really coming home to your most natural state of being. And it's something that you don't have to cultivate. It's already there. You just have to connect, connect back to it. Like basically remove anything that's in the way of you just naturally having that essence flowing. So yeah, connecting in your body to your body. And specifically if you're like, well, I want to connect more to my feminine. Where do I start? Like start doing things with your body, stop learning and doing self-development just with your mind through logics. Like, yes, that's interesting. It can get you so far. But um, if you really want that transformation to shift, if you really want to understand what the feminine is all about, you'll have to connect to your body. Um, So anyways, from from that space, I, I said, like, I finished my, eventually I finished my master's degree. And then I was, I had this really strong feeling of, I want to go travel. So that's what I did. It was not an easy thing. Also really the first time I was traveling by myself, backpacking, I didn't really have a plan, but I felt somehow called to go to Bali. So my one year, eventually I ended up traveling for about a year. And the first place that I went to was Bali for a month. Um, at that point, I had a beautiful experience in Bali, but it never fully like landed yet that that's where I was going to eventually live for, um, well, my fourth year Bali anniversary is coming up um, very soon. So um, I had I had no freaking clue. But what started happening in my own like personal development journey. So yes, I was practicing yoga. So I, I did a yoga teacher training actually in Amsterdam just before I left. And I was like, well, maybe I can start teaching yoga or learn more about yoga. And so that was basically my way into or that was a self-development path I was following at that point. It all had to do with yoga and different styles. And so I started feeling more called to different styles of yoga. So as I mentioned, like the, the Bikram hot yoga was really like one of the most masculine versions of yoga. <laughs> and so I actually started to get more attracted to uh, yin yoga. Yin is the feminine, yang is the masculine. So this is really where basically, yeah, my self-development path started to become more and more feminine. And so, um, I traveled all over the world, started teaching yoga and like Vietnam, Thailand, Australia was for a while and, and really started teaching yoga. And so at that point, a lot of people were like, or in my family were like, wait, so now you're just like a yoga teacher. Like you're just going to like throw away your six years of studies. And I was like, well, it might look like that from the outside. I'm having a great time. Yes. But I also do know and feel that I'm not going to be a yoga teacher for the rest of my life, but somehow this is the path that I need to follow for now. This is the step that I need to take. So that's what I'm doing for now. Let's see what happens from that. And so, yeah, from there, I felt this call to actually go back to Bali. So I flew from Australia to Bali for this yin yoga teacher training. And this is where another big shift started slowly happening was where 
um, connecting to my body started to be more connecting to my feminine or really helping me to access all of my feminine aspects, which meant like this yin yoga teacher training. I remember um, Tina Nans, her name is like, she's still in Bali and, um, yeah, like I, I highly recommend going to some of our yin yoga classes. It's basically still the only yoga classes. If I do yoga now, I have a bunch of our recordings. That's the only yin yoga classes that I'll, I'll follow. Um, but I remember it was two weeks and the first week was so challenging. I remember actually having a call with my mom, I think, and discussing like, I'm not sure if this is the place for me to be. I think I just made a wrong choice. Maybe maybe I should get out of here. Um, and specifically what was annoying me was that she kept on saying during the yin yoga classes that we were also, uh, experiencing, she would go like, how much can you feel? So go more insight and feel how much can you feel? What is alive in your body? What can you feel? What can you sense? And I was just like, oh my God, can you please shut the fuck up. Like I want this peace in my yin yoga practice because in yin yoga, you basically hold a certain yoga posture for like three to five minutes uh, and you fully let go of any doing. So this is already indicates what the feminine is all about. It has to do with non-doing. Masculine is doing, is giving. The feminine is receiving, is this space of allowing, of surrender, of non-doing, of slowing down. And so that was already challenging enough to just hang out in a posture while a lot of things like specifically like yeah, you, you let go of any doing, but like it will start awakening and opening up certain stretches and parts of your body, which is can be very intense experience. So I wanted to just like stay focused while she kept saying, how much can you feel? How much can you feel? And I'm like, oh my God, this is so distracting. I can't feel anymore. What are you talking about? I was so confused, so frustrated. <laughs> and eventually though, I started to slowly, slowly open up to the, to the, um, yeah, to the, or leaning into the sense of feeling because as I mentioned, yeah, basically during this challenging time in my life, I, I fully like disconnected from my body, disconnected from feeling. And so coming back to feeling was kind of scary because it felt really tender and vulnerable and it felt like there was lots to feel and I wasn't sure if I could like handle it or control it like I was so in trying to like control everything and trying to like understand everything so um that's why of course I felt so much resistance but I stayed I committed um because once I commit I'm gonna be there and those two weeks just like changed my life and also that's something that not per se at the after those two weeks was like oh my god now I'm a changed person but if I look back at it now I'm like yeah that was a massive turning point because I got so much more connected to my sense of feeling that from there and the weeks that followed I just flowed into one experience after the other um, from my first ecstatic dance which is like where you dance barefoot there's no alcohol no drugs and you just you don't do talking and you can just dance. And that was to me like, oh my God, this is always something I've been looking for. Like I, I remember the first five minutes being really like weirded out and awkward and judgmental. But as soon as I dropped that, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is everything. Uh, because I always loved dancing, but it was always too late because ecstatic dance always so sometimes happens in the morning or early evening so yeah when we would go clubbing or out like yes I could dance but it's like what middle of the night that was always super challenging for me we're drinking alcohol like that didn't make me happy or feel good the next day and like I would be sweating a lot which was awkward and you didn't want to do so you wanted to stay pretty so all these things and with ecstatic dance I, you could just drop it all and just dance for the sake of dancing and that gave me that liberated so much which is actually the start of my kind of dancing career so that is really Really where I started unlocking a lot of more expression and movement in my body. And from there, I rolled into my first contact improvisation class, which is where you like dance with others, improvised, super scary in the beginning, but also super liberating and super fun and playful. I ended up in my first kind of like Tantra workshops. If I reflect on it now, they weren't really Tantra, but I went to like a first like conscious sex party 
um yeah I ended up with like having lovers that were into shibari and so at the same time yeah I also had this really like sexual liberation happening where I was first like having these experiences that I've always wanted and thought that they would change my life and then actually realizing that it that like an external person can't change that so I have to go inside but I started learning learning about all these things like learning about my menstruation cycle this was also in these like months that followed I also somehow started feeling this pull to stop with the birth control pill <clears throat> I had been on that for about 10 years uh, since I was like 15 until I was like about 25 and I don't look back at it as a a bad phase of my life um like it worked for me at that point in my life like I didn't have any other knowledge but I'm super grateful that I somehow felt and was guided into stopping that and going into fully different direction because I would never for into a million years go back to that and I yeah highly recommend women to to start researching about this and to start actually learning about your cycle. And so it was really funny, like going off the pill, like how that started happening was like, I was ingrained for 10 years. I would always take the pill. Like it was something that was just like fixated. Like even if I would go out clubbing and I was like drunk and would have a hangover and I wouldn't even remember how I came home, I still woke up the next day. I'm like, oh no, I forgot the pill. And I'm like, I never forgot the pill. I still managed to take it. And so it was weird that at this phase in my life, like I actually, this is also when I kind of stopped drinking. Um, so I couldn't have done with that, but I started actually forgetting it that I realized the next day I'm like, wait, I just forgot yesterday. And so that to me was a, a, a cue, a sign of my body, of my system that it's like, I think this is enough. And so, yeah, I got off the pill. I remember investing in an online course about these, like understanding your cyclic nature to connecting to, um, to your sensuality, understanding the basics of sexuality, um, understanding like, yeah, more about orgasmicness and yoni ek practice and all kinds of things I've never heard of. And so this was basically the, the next big kind of shift that started happening where initially, yeah, the hot yoga challenge um, got me really connected to my body. And then what happened after there, I started following uh, and listening more to my body and yeah as I said the feminine communicates through the body so this was actually basically my feminine side now had the chance to start unlocking and so this is how then especially when I did the yin yoga teacher training which is the feminine and I was asked to start feeling I unlocked and started unlocking my sense of feeling um and this, yeah, this sensitivity back again and being able to go inside and actually notice what's playing out there. And from there, I could easily be guided into all these different experiences that I needed to have and learn about my basically feminine biology and my, my feminine sexuality. So this was basically my second step. And also in my work um, with women, this is what we do. We connect to the body and then slowly, yeah, start introducing and, and, teaching you about these topics of like understanding that your menstruation cycle is at the very foundation of your being at the very core of who you are and that it has different phases and that you are not a straight line you move in cycles this was just like mind-blowing and actually what's really funny because yeah people always ask me like how did you go from innovation management to doing this work and it didn't make sense for a long time until I realized that your menstruation cycle and the four phases that you go to menstruation cycle can be called your sexual cycle can be called the, your creation cycle. It's a cycle of creation because basically your body goes through this cycle of like uh, wanting to create or procreate a new human. So it, those like that cycle of creation and those phases that come with it are exactly the same as the innovation cycle and the innovation theoretical model that I was taught about and that I worked with for a lot of companies to help them create new things. So it was just like, like when I, when I saw that, when I realized is that basically my studies of innovation management was always about the feminine to begin with to bring that transformation, change, movement, creation back into corporations that got really stuck into their masculine, that were like, like the masculine is not bad, but when you like go into overdrive in it and you get stuck in it, then it becomes this heavy stuck, like straight linear thing. And so innovation management was 
bringing, bringing back movement and creativity, freshness into that. So it was basically bringing the feminine, activating the feminine for big corporations. So yeah, to me, when I realized that I was like, wow, this is, was always meant to be, <laughs> um, even though not everyone understands it. And I didn't understand it at the time either. So yeah, but basically the the second step was really understanding my biology, uh, understanding this, my menstruation cycle, but also um, my sexuality. That was a, a big one, like understanding I had these problems of like not being able to orgasm and, and mainly like a lot of shame and a lot of feeling that there was something wrong with me until I just got taught basic principles around this and around feminine sexuality. For example, one of the things is uh, feminine is all about no goals. And so if you're really trying to get to an orgasm or trying to get to a goal, the feminine will just like shut down. It's not, not the way to go. Um, so like basic principles, but really like mind blowing to me at that point in time, helped me to, to make this new transition and to start learning all these things. And from there, another big shift started happening because I got taught all of these things and I was like, Oh my God, like why has no one taught me any of this sort? How is that possible? Um, this changes completely how I see life, how I look at life. So like, what do I do now? And that's basically after a year of traveling, I came back and I was in this space of like, I don't know what to do. Like I was planning on just having this year experience to build more of my resume, to have a beautiful experience and then continue with my corporate career, which I had set up perfectly. Like my resume was ready. I, yeah, I had this beautiful foundation but now with all this new information and knowledge and things that I learned about myself, I'm not even sure if I want to do that. And so I had this like, like turning point, like at the same time of that turning point, I had gotten the idea, uh, don't ask me how, but I had been walking around with the idea of about six months, I think midway in my travels that started happening of teaching naked yoga, definitely innovative, but quite controversial and very opposite from like a corporate career. <laughs> and I had been playing with this idea of teaching naked yoga and feeling the call to that, but not understanding it whatsoever and not knowing what to do with it. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, I must be going crazy. Like now I want to start teaching naked yoga. How am I going to like tell that to my parents or yeah, to my dad or to my friends? Like, like the sheer logics of this is like beyond anything. However, yeah, so I had this like point of like, okay, I can just try to forget everything that I've experienced and try to repress this feeling of like where my intuition, where my soul wants to go and just go with this like mind-based path that was set up that gave security that had like, yeah, I know I would make like money and clarity and like, so that made me way more sense. But at that point, I just... I, well, I struggled for a few months in trying to take that decision, but it just, I just couldn't do it. It just made me feel like straight away so heavy and contracted. And because I was so much more connected to my feelings, I'm like, like that does not make me happy. Um, but it was a confusing time for, for a few months there. I was really, yeah, going in a more downward spiral because yeah, people got me, asking me a lot of questions of like, well, what are you going to do? Like, um, like, what is the next step? Like I was living with my dad at that point in time in that transition phase. I was still teaching some yoga, but yeah, it was, it was very confusing. And like, I couldn't figure out the logics of it. And a part of me wanted so desperately to have it logical and to have this sense of like understanding, clarity, safety, um, while everything in me screamed, go teach naked yoga. And so eventually I, I leaned into that and I was like, well, at least I can explore and see like how this would look or and it's funny, like as soon as I did that, like all this kind of support came in. There was a woman from Australia that also teaches this there and she came to the Netherlands and like I could be there and get inspiration and insights. And suddenly this started all opening up. And then at some point I was like, I'm just going to try it. Like, what do I have to lose? And this, yeah, eventually I dared to, to teach my first naked yoga workshop and it was beautiful. And actually it wasn't as like, like my world didn't crash after that. Like no one abandoned me or something. I, ha I made up this whole thing of like, if I do that, then no one is ever going to take me seriously again. And I throw away everything that I built for, um, like none of that really happened. Um, which, which was like an interesting lesson for me to learn as well, where I'm like, Oh, okay. Like sometimes we have this idea that like, I, you can't do it because people are going to judge you and it's going to be the end of the world. But very often it's just like, just take the step. And most likely 
like it's not going to be that big of a deal in the sense of yeah so it kind of was like that it was it was just like oh okay I did that it was really beautiful yes it was really beautiful and it also like like I can still decide to go on another path if I wanted to but from there basically because I did it it gave me this permission feel this trust in myself of like oh I can take a scary step and I'm gonna, I'm still fine afterwards. And so that unlocked basically the door for this next really big step where I felt for a while already super called to go back to Bali and I couldn't figure out the logics of it, but I felt like I want to go back to Bali. Uh, I so want to go back. And, um, now I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Um, and that was, Again, not that easy of a decision, but eventually I was just, I was doing it. Uh, I didn't have any security, any safety, any like savings. Um, I didn't really know anyone there, but I was just like, I'm going to book a one-way ticket and um, I'm moving. And I still always get a little bit emotional when I think about that because it was, it was challenging. Like, yeah, my friends and family were like, well, what are you going to do? How long are you going to stay away? Like, how are you going to support yourself? And I didn't have answers to any of those questions. The only thing that I knew was like, I feel that I need to go. I just feel it in every fiber of my being. And that was really, really scary to trust that feeling so strongly and take that big of a risk. But I did it. I got on that plane with a suitcase, one-way ticket. And yeah, from there, this whole new portal opened up. And this was, yeah, about four years ago. Um, where within a few days of me landing in Bali, I was staying in this yeah tiny little hotel that I stayed with before, and I was trying to search for a home. Now, within four days, I, I managed to find a place that was within my budget, that was newly built, and it just, it just felt like it was built for me. I remember it so clearly, like walking into that place, and I'm like, oh my God, like suddenly everything started to make sense. So now finally, like the feeling... I'd been following and then getting this result was just like, and also those things that started happening gave me this foundation of trust, gave me this like, okay, so I can actually trust that feeling. Even in the moment when I have to trust the feeling, it's not logical. I know that it will get me somewhere where at some point it will make sense. And this was one of those, those like really big wisdom drops and like this anchoring into my body, into my system of like, when that home came, I'm like, I got a home, but this was built for me. It's ready just right now. It's within my budget. I couldn't believe it. It was gorgeous. It was my style. Um, yeah. And so that opened up this whole portal and my life in Bali. And from there, I went on to this journey of setting up my own business. I started teaching naked yoga in Bali. And yeah, like naturally here, it started unfolding that women started asking about wanting to learn about yoga, but also more about connecting to their body. Um, curious about these topics that I talked about or that I'm like working with myself as my menstruation cycle, my sexuality. And so this basically started unfolding by itself. Like I, I, yeah, naturally went on to this journey. It wasn't easy whatsoever. There were so many ups and downs and so many moments of like, okay, I'm almost out of money or like, I don't know how to take the next step or yeah. I'm like, it was very challenging financially for a few years. It was very, very challenging. And so it took a lot of my own commitment of this like bravery of like, no, but I want this life and I'm showing up for it again, even though I feel like I dropped back down, I fell off my tower again and I don't know how to get up, but I still did it. And so it was, it was intense. It was a lot. Also, yeah, it really like, challenged me in the sense of are you committed to this life do you really want it finding creative ways to make it happen um yeah really opening up to this sense of like trust and play and practicing an innovation basically it was this full force of innovation in the sense of okay keep on trying what works what doesn't work learning again trying something else um so here also a lot of those skills came in handy which i'm grateful for until this day um and yeah, I started building and building my business and now moving into basically the last big shift of my story because um, I had an amazing time in the sense of, yeah, um, building my own business, doing my own thing, working on that, connecting more and more to my body, to my feminine. And I was single for many years after I got out of that relationship. I'd been 
single for about now four years and I was loving it. I really loved, loved that experience. And I was having different lovers, different experiences. It taught me a lot about my sexuality. Um, not always easy, but also different types of relationships and relating that I got to know. And it just like gave me a whole new perspective on life, like an experiment, a love experiment that I really needed. Um, so more of like the open relating scene, polyamory, different partners, but learning to, learning to communicate and just be really open about these topics. So it empowered me in many ways. But I started slowly feeling of like, oh, it would be nice to share more of this life, like with someone and have someone to, I don't know, to, to learn with, to grow with and to have a more long-term um, connection with. And somehow that piece, I still couldn't figure it out. Like, like I, I, yeah, had beautiful lovers and short-term connections and things like that, but none of them wanted to really like stick around. And so this is when I slowly started into like, there's another aspect of connecting to the feminine. So we have three feminine power centers. Um, there's one is like your womb, which has to do with this, uh, emotional fluidity with sense of feeling, um, with your sensuality, also your sexual nature. You have the heart and you have the third eye, which is feeling to intuition. So basically with the third eye and with the womb, I was really working with a lot. However, with the heart, I was still fully into this like doors closed kind of situation. And slowly I started to become aware of that. And this is where, um, yeah, I had at some point, I talk about this also in another episode. I think it's, I talk in how I met my soulmate, um, because I dive into this fully, how I opened my heart, but I went on this journey of like really learning to connect back to my heart and break down many of the walls that I built around it to protect myself from hurt. Like, yeah, earlier on in my life, as I mentioned at the beginning of this story. So I started opening up my heart and this is where, um, basically I ended up meeting, my current husband because we recently got married and um and my soulmate which yeah I'm still so so in love with <laughs> and so we met and for that yeah go listen to how I met my soulmate episode I won't dive too much into that um but this was key like the opening my heart and connecting back to love was essential um also to integrate many other things so even for my sexuality there was always parts and things still missing until I started connecting to my heart because feminine sexuality actually fully opens through your heart. And so I ended up meeting my, my, my love. And that took me opened up a whole different portal because he'd been on specifically the Tantra path for like already five years before that. And he had met at some point in his story, Ma'ananda Sarita, I think on his specific podcast, he also has an episode from truck driver to Tantra teacher. So if you're curious about his story, have a listen to that. I'll link it in the podcast description. And he introduced me really to uh, Sarita's work, to more classical Tantra in the sense of, yeah, really like officially based Tantra that is anchored in a specific lineage and um, is not just only focused on on sex, sex and sex. <laughs> um, so through him, like we ended up doing the soulmate training. It's like a Tantra training for couples within five weeks of us being together. That was a massive like scary step to take as well. Um, but I leaned all into that and that opened this whole path to me fully diving in basically the past two and a half years studying um, with Tantra Essence, with Ma'ananda Sarita, with my partner, fully diving into Tantra. And that puts so many pieces into place. Like I remember because basically a lot of the things I was already teaching and doing with women, they were very tantric and they were naturally um, having a lot of these tantric components. So for example, something that can only be called Tantra if it contains two components, which is it needs to have love and devotion, so the feminine, and at the same time have a component of the masculine, which has to do with presence, witnessing, uh, silence, and yeah, this, this witnessing consciousness. So you need both aspects in any tantric method for it to be called actually tantra. So it weaves together perfectly the masculine and the feminine. And so where I, if you'd like, just to give a little bit of overview of the journey, I went fully into unhealthy, super masculine mode. Then I started unlocking the feminine side. So I went fully to the feminine. And then basically after meeting my partner, Modestus, and going fully being introduced into this more classical Tantra, I kind of swung back to the middle where, yeah, Tantra basically 
includes both aspects. So both the masculine and the feminine within partnership, but also within yourself, you have both. And so it helped me to really come back to space of balance and to integrate uh, all the feminine things that I've learned and create it back also a more healthy masculine foundation that is essential as well in your life. So this is where really I started feeling super, super balanced and super be like, ah, now everything clicks. And that's how um, I ended up and I'm still in the process of becoming and being a Tantra teacher. So this is my story of how I went from business consultant to Tantra teacher. My main lessons are like really connecting to your body. I can, if you're listening, that's the way to go. Start there. Then really starting to learn about your feminine biology, feminine sexuality, your feminine essence, your feminine power centers. And from there, um, yeah, like also really connecting to your heart is always essential. Like your heart is a feminine superpower. And from there, you'll find naturally a space back of balance in your life where now you have both access to your feminine side and your masculine side. And that gives you power. That's where this feeling of empowerment and confidence and aliveness and playfulness comes comes from in your life, because then you can decide which, which uh, skills and which aspect to use when in your life. And that's when you yeah gain a lot of freedom and a lot of power. So... Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you feel inspired, if you feel curious, um, what I would recommend, I dropped it briefly also in the middle of the episode. I mentioned my uh, online course called The Feminine Reset. So this is specifically for women if you really feel called to connect more to your feminine side. And so it consists of five steps. It's the opening, the rebellion, the liberation, the awakening, and the grounding. And it basically introduces you. It's um, Each step has comes with two embodiment practices of about a half hour. So yes, you'll be learning with your body, not so much with your mind. And by doing the exercises, you'll basically unlock and awaken different aspects of the feminine expression. So one really has to do with this deep yin, slowing down, um, connecting to your body. The second one is really linked to learning how to feel again and finding this expression to connecting to a sense of flow and surrender and opening your heart to connecting to your sensuality and your like sexual, sparkful, passionate energy to coming back into grounding that all into your life and integrating it in the sense of like, okay, bringing both the masculine and the feminine back together so you can actually, um, yeah, integrate it and, and, um, up level in your life. So I'll link the feminine reset, uh, online course in the bio. So have a look at that. I also offer one-on-one packages that come with that. I call it the one-on-one, a feminine reset journey where we use the feminine reset as the base, but through one-on-one sessions, I offer support and we can really zoom into your own personal story and where you're at. So if you're ever interested in that, just feel free to reach out to me personally. Um, on Instagram, you can always send me a personal message and yeah, that's it for now. I'm going to send you so much love from Bali. I'm still in Bali recording this episode, but as of now, um, also this chapter is coming to a close. I've been in Bali for, yeah, as I said, almost four years. And right now I feel really called to start spending more time in Europe. And so we've opened up a whole new chapter. We recently got married. We now gave up our home in Bali. So again, another beautiful, scary step. And so at some point I'll be able to talk about that chapter of my life as well and add that to my story. (laughs) Um, But for now, I don't really know yet what it's going to bring. I just know that I feel so strongly that I need to be there. It doesn't logically make that much sense because life here is amazing. We had an amazing house. Everything was really comfortable and set up. Um, but I am beyond excited to, to follow that feeling because, yeah, as you can see from my story, that has like completely changed my life. So I can't wait what other magical added component comes with this next chapter. So to be continued, and again, thank you for listening. If you felt inspired, if questions came up, I love it when you sent me a little message, if you listen to this podcast episode and um, yeah, always feel free to do so. Much love. Bye.